Good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to get to preach. Someone asked me this morning, do you like preaching? I said, I love it. I'd be a preacher every week if I could stand to study. I really respect people who, like our pastor, who studies so carefully and prepares and presents every week. I like the people part of preaching. I like being here with all of you. Uh, But it's real hard for me to sit by myself and study and work through all this stuff. But I have, believe me. I just want you to rest assured. Um, so I'm Joe Cox, and um, I think I've met most of you, but if I haven't, I, I am one of the elders here at the church, and uh, Julie and I have been involved in this church for a number of years. And uh, Julie has been the children's director until, I think, this is her last Sunday. Woo! And... Uh, we, uh, Pastor Carrie said that I could start off today before I got into the Word and just share with you a little bit more than we were able to share before about the ministry that God's calling us to. Will you give me that little bit of grace and I can make a, a shameless plug for Enduring Treasure Ministries? Um, we're, Julie and I are so excited about this new work that God's called us to and uh, I just wanted to share with you a little bit more about it because... Um, you know, you, you might wonder, do we really need one more nonprofit organization? Have you ever wondered that? You know, there's one more nonprofit doing one more thing, and is it really necessary for Joe and Julie to start something new? And uh, we have definitely felt called by God to do it. And when God says to do it, you just have to obey Him. Amen. We're just going to do what the Lord tells us to do. And uh, I've been working with Every Generation Ministries for eight years. And that has been an amazing experience. I've gotten to travel all over the world. And uh, just this last year, I was in a different country every month all over the world. Wonderful places, seeing God work in so many neat ways. And it was such a huge blessing. Uh, And the focus of that ministry was really encouraging children's ministry leaders and helping them to be effective in their local church ministry environment. And Julie's been a big support to me in, in that, and then she's been working here at the church as the children's director. And uh, But a number of months ago, the Lord just began to stir our hearts. And, you know, when he does that, some of you know what I'm talking about. I love the illustration of what the eagle does to help its eaglet fly. Have you ever heard that story? The eagle makes a beautiful soft nest with feathers and soft pieces of cloth and things that it can gather all over and then the egg is laid and it hatches and the little uh, eaglet is born in that soft environment but then um, one by one the eagle starts just pulling out one thread at a time one feather at a time one little soft thing at a time and before long that eaglet starts to feel that on its bottom you know and it goes "Ooh, this is pokey in this nest and then it hops up on the side of the nest and it looks out, and that for the first time, that eaglet realizes there's a whole world out there. And so uh, then, before long, the eagle mommy just gives it a little push, and it goes falling, 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 falling. And then it swoops down and picks up that baby and brings it right back up to the, to the edge of that nest. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And then what does the eagle mommy do again? Pushes it off again, and it goes down. Eventually, that little eaglet learns to fly. And that's sometimes what happens to us as we make ministry transitions. We feel that little pokiness, and we hop up on the side of the the nest, and we go, oh, maybe there's something else that the Lord wants us to do. And I want to share with you what God has called Julie and I to do. Um, First of all, 
Jonathan's doing slides. When I look at that screen, John, I want you to move it right away. Boom. Go. Look at it. It's amazing how that happened. Enduring Treasure Ministries, concerning ourselves with what lasts forever, God's word and people. That's why we chose the name. Some people are saying that's a weird name. I hope it's not going to be. Uh, I hope it'll eventually catch on and become a household word. <laughs> but um, the reason that we chose that name is because we want to concern ourselves with what lasts forever. And that's God's word and people. You know, Julie and I, most of you know us. So, you know, we just love the Bible. We just love it. We just can't get enough of the scripture. And we love people. And we know that those are the only two things that are going to last forever. And so that's what we want to focus on. And uh, so when you're thinking about how do you concern yourselves with what lasts forever, God's word and people, then you might ask yourself this question. What will Enduring Treasure Ministries do exactly? So what is the organization going to actually do? What will be its function? Well, we have five different function areas. The first is we want to really build into Christian leaders. And Julie and I have been uh, full-time Christian workers for over 33 years now. And along the way, we've learned a few lessons and we've found out some things. And one of the things that we've realized is there's all kinds of treasures in the word of God, which will help God's treasured people to be effective in Christian leadership. So that's one of our big focuses is we really want to provide leadership resources for people um, that are in Christian work. And in the United States, there's a need for that. But when you step outside the borders of the United States, it's just amazing what the needs are out there. Uh, Christian leadership, information and uh, investment is really needed um, all over the world. And so we want to really be a part of doing that. So the way that we're going to focus on uh, Enduring Treasure for Christian Leaders is we're going to provide online resources that people can grab uh, wherever they are and hopefully in the language that they speak, so that they can learn just basic principles of leadership to have a good foundation. One of the things, just for one example, is that we're really concerned about loving leadership. And, you know, when you look around in Christian work, sometimes you see great leaders, but you don't often see real loving leaders. Love is something that's missing a lot out of leadership. And... um, So I want to be able to share that idea and those principles with people and what the scripture says about how to really love the people that you're leading. And when you love them, they'll follow you anywhere. (laughs) They'll do anything that you want them to do. You just have to love people because it's God's plan. It's one of those things that if you do it, you'll always have the good result. So we're going to do some online resources. And Mark Lakatos, who attends church here, is uh, a distance learning expert, and he's going to help us in those kinds of things. And then um, Enduring Treasure for Life is a life coaching program. And we're, Julie and I are becoming certified life coaches, but we're also going to invite other life coaches to be a part of our ministry and really focus on life coaching for Christian workers, but also provide life coaching for others as well. And then, and you all know about life coaching, you know, you've heard about that. I'm sure that's, that's, a, that's a big buzz right now. And then Enduring Treasure Publishing is just the resources that we're going to put together, written resources that are printed and also things that are online. Global Adventures is a short-term ministry program. And so we're going to be focusing on how to help people to go overseas in a meaningful way that's really impactful in their lives long term. Dennis Tui and I went on a trip to uh, Western Uganda together. And I would say that that was a pretty impactful trip on Dennis. If you ask Dennis, you ask him some stories about how what happened to him in Uganda that was touching. And some of you have been on missions trips and you know that that makes a big impact. 
But it's really important for the impact to last. And it's really easy after you get home for that trip to sort of that impact to end at the airport. And we want to continue on with that and help people to do stuff that helps what's going on in the place where they've just been. And so that's Global Adventures. And then the last area is Global Outreach. And we want to be about what um, our uh, Alliance president was just talking about. We want to be about helping people long-term in places where um, these kinds of resources are most needed. We're going to start in Congo because that place is very close to my heart and uh, East and Central Africa, but we will expand. And we already have received requests from India to come and do some um, leadership development uh, ministry there. So this is kind of the focus, the five areas that we're going to be focusing on. And uh, in order to do that, you have to have people. So, boom, there's another slide there that tells about who's on the staff team. Julie and I, of course, are on staff. We have a board uh, that is a great group of people that are terrific representatives in the Christian community, have lots of great experience. Dave Axine's on our board, and Mark Lakatos is on our board, and uh, Bob Miner is on our board, and we have also a member from Seattle, Washington, and we have uh, someone from St. Louis, Missouri area. We have a great big team of prayer partners, and it's growing all the time. And we want you on that team. We want you to be praying for us, if you would. And uh, just remember, get on our list and and pray for the needs that are coming up, because you can imagine that the moments of discouragement are already coming. There are already times where we question our calling. There's already times when we have a shortage of resources. There's already a time when we wonder, which direction should we go, this way or this way? And we need prayer. And we need people to stand with us financially as well. We, um, when Julie and I were working with Every Generation Ministries, we had to raise our support, but not our full support. And so um, we have a portion of our support raised, but now we have to raise our full support plus the organizational support. And that's a big daunting challenge. And so that's a big prayer need for us. And then we have a group of people that are already beginning to be collected who are gathering to be our volunteers who are going to work alongside with us. So if you're wondering how can you get involved, um, first of all, we want you to get on the list. And the list is the group of people that are on our mailing list and our email list so that you can be updated on what's going on in the ministry. And if you're not on our list, if you were on our EGM list and you're getting our EGM mailings, you're good because we, we shifted you over without your permission. If you um, are not sure that you're on our list and you want to make sure, just take out your chorus card and mark it. And Susan has... The awakening card. I said chorus card, didn't I? Yikes. That was bad. And I'm an elder in this church. And that's on, it's being recorded, I'm told. The awakening church. Thank you. Grab your card that's in your little thing. Pull it out and uh, write down just that you want to be on the Cox mailing. You want to be on the list. And then we want you to pray uh, for us as God brings us to mind. We are going to have a trip this summer to Romania and one in the fall to the Democratic Republic of Congo. And we'd love to take 10 or 20 or 30 of the people of the church on a trip with us. And you can do it. I'll help you get your support pulled together. We will make it happen and it'll be a life impactful trip for you. And then uh, we want to encourage you to share financially as God leads. And then think about all of the abilities that you have and what God might want you to share. I don't know what you've got going on. I don't know what you can do. And uh, you might have some ability that could really help and be of use. And you, you won't know either unless you approach us and talk to us. So if you want to uh, be connected with what's going on, please uh, let us know. And, and I want to talk to you more about that. So that's my plug for the ministry. And I'll shut up about that. And now let's talk about the word. And uh, because the topic that we're talking about this morning is 
something that's really close to my heart because of this ministry that God's been uh, really um, working in my life in such significant ways. And um, the uh, as you put together a ministry documentation, one of the things that you have to do is create a mission statement. And one of the things that you have to do is identify values. And one of the things is look at your statement of faith. And you have to look at these foundational things so that you can make sure that your organization is on a strong foundation. And so I've been thinking through these values. And one of the things, as I mentioned already this morning, is that we really want love to be at the center of everything that we're doing. So we have decided in Enduring Treasure Ministries that we want love to really be a hallmark of this organization. Do you think that's possible? I want it to be possible. And we're going to work really hard at that. I want my life to be about love. And so if my ministry, if I'm going to be connected with a ministry, I want it to be about love. And so I've been thinking a lot about love. I can't quit thinking about it. And I know I, this is kind of a one-shot deal. I only get to talk to you one Sunday. And really, love is a, is a topic that we should have a whole series on, right? I, I would should get to preach like for eight or ten weeks. I'll talk to Carrie about that. See about just getting eight to ten weeks on love. But um, I have just this one Sunday. So why would I dare to try to unpack such a big topic as love uh, on just a, a one Sunday thing? The reason is because I can't get away from it. And again, when the Lord starts to speak to your heart about doing something, what should you do? You should do it. So I have tried to change this message topic 25 different times. And the Lord just keeps telling me those people at the Awakening Church need to know about love. They need to be reminded about love. This is the last Sunday of the year. They're looking forward to the beginning of 2015. And love needs to be the focus of what we're doing today. So here I am. I'm going to talk about love. And I'm going to do the very best job that I possibly can. So... uh, You might think, okay, well, let's see. Let's decide as we begin, am I a loving person? I've been evaluating myself as I've been studying these passages. I've been thinking about my heart. I've been thinking, am I really a loving person or not? Maybe you're thinking the same thing. Joe's going to talk about love. Well, I need to know, have I got that dialed in? Or is that something I need to grow in? What's the deal on that? Well, uh, if you do that, you might think over the last few weeks and you've done some loving things, haven't you? I bet you have. Think about them. Are you making a list in your mind? You gave some money at the red kettle, I'm sure, at some point. Right? Wasn't that loving? You're so loving. You gave a gift, didn't you? Some of you gave a gift. Some of you didn't. But some of you did. You gave a gift. That was nice. You gave a compliment on a meal that maybe was great. Maybe it wasn't. But you gave the compliment. You were nice. And uh, you got together with some people and you played Christmas music. That sounds loving. And you can think of the, the, you know, the, the person that you hugged, maybe. And uh, you can think about uh, maybe you put together an Operation Christmas Child box. That's the loving thing to do, right? Or you helped an Angel Tree family. That was another project that we did this Christmas time. Maybe you helped some needy family or you saw somebody on the street and you gave a little extra. Those are all loving things that we can do. So if we're not careful, we can break our our arms patting our backs, can't we, right now? Just thinking of how loving we are. And we can sort of rest on our laurels. You could look at my life. Now, let's think about me specifically. I'm up front. I've got the spotlight right on me. So let's think about how loving I am. Some of you might say, well, he's not very loving because he did this to me. 
believe me, I've done something to many of you. I know, even in, unintentionally, I've done things that are hurtful, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. I, I, I'm not taking pride in that, but I know that as Christians, we bump into each other in the body of Christ, right? And we have problems, and we don't get along, and we have issues, and, and we say things that we shouldn't, and those kinds of things happen, and it's possible that I did that in your life. Or some of you might be saying, hey, uh, you're not giving yourself enough credit, Joe. You're a very loving person. Why? I remember that time when I really needed encouragement and, and you encouraged me. But the problem is that what we just did right there was that we decided whether we were loving or not. We made our list of things that we did over Christmas or we evaluated my life and we said, Joe's a loving person or I'm a loving person or Joe's not a loving person or I'm not a loving person. And really what you and I think about love isn't really what matters so much. We have another standard that we need to be paying attention to. And that's what we're going to look at today. Now, if you think over the Christmas holidays, you might have had a very loving season. You might have experienced a lot of love and you want to keep that going into 2015. That'd be great. Some of you did not give or receive love this Christmas season, for whatever reason. You're hurting today. And you came looking for some sort of resources to help you get through, or maybe you don't even know why you're here. But you had a hard Christmas, and Christmas can be very, very difficult in different seasons of our lives and because of past experiences that we had, because of the stress, because of the family relationships that we were thrown back into. Uh, sometimes we have sort of non-loving experiences and you sort of want to get away from that. Um, some of us, as Carrie was mentioning last week, sometimes we just pretend because we don't want to be called a Scrooge. So we just pretend to kind of go along with the whole Christmas warm and fuzzy, but we're really not feeling it on the inside. And you might be in that category. You know, it would be interesting if we all had like little cell phone displays or something on our foreheads and I could see where all of you are. But you know what? I don't even need that because God knows right where you are today. God loves you and he cares about you. He accepts you right where you are and he's ready to gently urge you to grow. Are you ready to let him do that? Wherever you are right now, God's word has a message for you and he wants to teach you something beautiful. And when we think about the idea of love, there is an awful lot of help for us in the scripture. This is mentioned over 500 times specifically. And we know that there's lots of illustrations of love way more beyond those times when it's mentioned specifically using the word love or one that could be translated into the, our English word love. So God's word has a lot of information for us. And it matters whether or not we're loving. The reason that it matters is not because um, of what the person next to you thinks about you or even what you think about yourself. The reason it matters is because love is important to God. And if love is important to God, I want it to be important to me. Are you with me on that? That's got to be our heart as we open up the scripture and see what his word says about love. So there's all kinds of wonderful love passages it's mentioned so many times. But I'm going to pick on 1 John chapter 4 today. And we're going to pop that up on the screen so that you can see some verses from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is the passage that emphasizes that phrase that we've all heard so much. It's on plaques and, 
And uh, it's often mentioned in Christian communities, that idea that God is love. That word sort of comes, those three words kind of come screaming out at us from the page that God is love. He is the definition of love. This is a really super important passage for us to totally understand and get a hold of. One of the things that I see in here is that love is defined by God. It does, it's not defined by you and me and by our list that we do or don't do. It's not defined by the check marks that we make. It's not defined by how many Christmas cards we send out or how many nice things that we do for other people. God is the one who defines love. So when I measure myself, I can't measure myself against the things that I've done. Love is not defined by the person that's sitting next to you. You can't let that person next to you define love because they're... A definition of love is subjective as well. God is the one objectively that says this is love. And you know what love is? It's me. I'm love. God is love. God defines it with his character, with not just the things that he does, but who he is. Now, when I'm thinking about, am I full of love? Am I a loving person? I'm not measuring myself against myself and my past. I'm not measuring myself against the person next to me. I'm measuring myself against God's love. So now, do we all have some room to grow? We all can be more loving in this coming year, can't we? And it doesn't matter. You try to think of the most loving person in this room. That person can grow in their ability to love. That person can grow in the expression of God's love that they are letting splash out on the people around them. Now, the other thing that these verses tell us is that this is how God showed his love among us. God says that the beautiful illustration of his love is what? He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We've just spent a whole season celebrating that in all kinds of ways, right? We've been thinking about how Jesus came into the world so that we could have a new life in him. This is how God showed his love. He sent his one and only son. He gave something to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's what the scripture says in John 3.16. So God defines love by this act, this act of giving up his son. Have you thought about the cross lately? You know, I don't want to ever get over the cross. I always want to be touched by the cross. When I think of what Christ has done for me, what he gave up, in Philippians chapter 2, it says that he uh, did not hold on to, some, to a being in heaven as something that he should grasp, but he let go of it and he humbled himself. And he kept humbling himself all the way down even to the death of the cross. The humility of being a baby in the manger uh, that needed to have his diaper changed was bad enough. But he humbled himself even further than that. He allowed people who had the very people that he was dying for to crucify him. What an amazing thing that Christ has done for us. We should take time each day to think about the cross. I think that's a wonderful way to to let love come flowing through you is just to remember the cross because the cross is the definition of love. Love is the cross. And when you think about whether or not you're loving today, think about the cross. Are you loving like that? Ephesians 5 says it this way. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So the love is defined by God who gave his son. But the love is also defined by Christ, God the son, who gave himself. Now we're even getting 
that's a, almost a bigger deal in a sense. It's a huge deal for sure. That Christ himself expressed his love by giving himself in the, the way that he did, which is amazing. Think about what the cross really is. Not only did he suffer the uh, agony of the physical death on the cross, but he accepted the guilt of all of the sin of every man, woman, child that had ever lived and ever would live. And all that guilt of all that sin was upon him at one moment. That's the horror of the cross. Jesus gave himself to that. He purposely chose the cross for you. That is love. And when you think about that kind of self-sacrificing love, it's awfully hard not to let love well up in your heart for him. We love him because he first what? Loved us. And when you recognize how much he loved you, then you begin to love him. And then all of a sudden love starts to generate and starts to spill out and starts to be shared with all kinds of other people. You know, Jesus could not have pretended his love going to the cross. Have you ever thought about that? It couldn't be fake. God the Father giving his son, the Lord Jesus, for us on the cross could not have been, it couldn't have been a pretend kind of love. Is there a lot of pretend love in our world? There's a ton of it. I see celebrities all the time at the end of the concert. I love you all. Do they really love that whole crowd of 30,000 people? I don't think so. Maybe they think they have some, maybe they have some kind of love. I don't know. I can't really judge their hearts, but I know that there's, there's, that's not the kind of love that is the cross. I think I pretend love sometimes too. Can I just be vulnerable with you and, and admit that? That sometimes I pretend love because I have my own agenda. I have reasons why I want someone to think good of me. Or um, I, I pretend love in the body of Christ sometimes just because I'm trying to do the right thing, but I don't really feel it. But I'm trying to do the right thing. Have you ever been in that spot? It's just kind of, it's not totally genuine. It's probably not that bad, but it's not the best. It's an amazing thing to have real love that's not pretend. And I want to go on record as saying I'm for hugs. If any of you want to hug me, you can hug me anytime. I love to hug people and I love them to hug me. I need a certain number of hugs every day to survive. And if I don't, I shrivel up. So please hug me. I need your touch. I'm for that. I'm for saying I love you. If you haven't said it to the people that are close to you that you really love and care for, even the people in your small group and the people you know that are in your uh, family and extended family or, or people that are really close friends or whatever, if you really love someone, you should express that. I'm for that. But don't pretend I love you. Don't pretend that hug. Don't pretend that. Don't let it be thin. Don't let it be that yucky, fake, artificial, superficial kind of love. Let it be something sincere and something that is a reflective of the love of the cross. That's what God wants from us. 1 John uh, chapter 4 continues this way. It says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Did you see that? Love is not about us loving God. It's about him loving us. That's the standard. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Since, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No one has seen God, 
But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God's love is made complete in me. Isn't that a cool idea? That God wants to make something complete in me? That's amazing. That God, who is complete in and of himself, wants to be, make something complete in me. I like that idea. That I can complete God's love in, in the life where I live. It doesn't say, this is love. Hugging somebody. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, this is love. Giving a present at Christmas time. This is love. Giving money to someone at the street corner. It doesn't define it by that. It defines it by what God does. It's a shift. It's not my actions. It's something that God has done, that God is, that God wants to express. The good news in this part of 1 John chapter 4, which I just dearly love, is that I don't have to drum up love. Whose love is it that is getting expressed here? Is it my love? No, it's God's love. So I don't have to try to figure out how to love everybody because sometimes I don't have it. Sometimes, there, I, for various reasons, I have a hard time loving other people. You're all looking at me like I'm just the only person who's ever felt that way. Surely, are you with me? Do you ever not feel loving? Okay, thank you. So when you don't feel loving, that's okay. You don't have to have the love. You are not the source of the love. This passage says that God's the source of the love. God's the one who has provided it for us. He's the one that got the whole thing started and he's the one that's going to continue it. It's just a matter of me getting out of, my, out of the way, getting myself out of the way, getting my resistance out of the way and opening myself up to God, what God wants to do through me. Isn't that great? I love it. I don't have to be the source of love. It's just my feet, my hands, my voice, my actions and reactions, but I'm expressing God's love. I don't have to be the one that creates all that. And God has a right to do it. God has a right to love people through you. Have you ever thought about that? I want you to say some words with me. God has a right to run my life. You better say it one more time. God has a right to run my life. Does he? We belong to him. And he has a right to bring whatever into your life that he wants to. He has a right to run it. And if he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be loving people. I want you to be full of love in 2015. Does he have a right to require that of you? He does. He has a right to do it because he has done so much for me. I want to freely give it to him. Even if he didn't have the right to do it, I want to give it to him. And he did so much for me. God has taken me out of the pit that I was in, my slimy pit of sin. Mine was really slimy. I don't know about yours, but mine was bad. And, and I think about where my life would be without Christ right now. I don't even want to think about it because it's heartbreaking. But God saved me from all that. And he, and he picked me out of that pit. He accepted me. He loved me. He forgave me. He set my feet on the solid rock. He gave me hope. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me peace. He gave me a future. Those are all the things that God's done for me. Now, all he wants to do is love others through me. Don't I think I should let him do that? 
After he's done all that for me, and all he wants to do is love others through me, and when he does love others through me, then only good stuff's going to come to me. God just wants to bless me and bless me as I learn to love others better with his love that he provided as a response to all that he's done for me. Which part of this is hard? Why do we struggle with it so much? I'm going to tell you why. Because I think that there's, there's something that keeps us from loving, and that is the things that we let block it. And I think one of the big things is to be full of love. I think that you have to be full of love for God. God said in his word that the greatest commandment was to love him with how much of your heart? All your heart. So if you love God with all of your heart, then what's going to come spilling out is love, right? So um, I have a little cup and water here I was going to show you. This, imagine this is God's love, and we're going to pour it into our heart, and that we're going to imagine that this is Herb's heart, Okay. And it's getting really full of love. And he took seriously that commandment to that he was going to love God with all of his heart. Is there any more I can get in there? Let's just see. Okay, it's really, really full. So we'll, we can honestly say that this cup is really, really full of water, right? So if Herb's heart is really, really full of God's love, and then what happens if this gets bumped? What happens if that glass gets bumped? What comes splashing out on Herb right now? What comes splashing out on the person next to him? Or the person close to him over there. So as that happens, what came splashing out when it was completely full of love? I know you guys love me no matter how much I do to you, so that's why. You sat on the front row, so you knew something was going to happen when I was preaching. Be completely full of God's love. Be completely full of love for God. And then what will come splashing out of you when you're bumped in life when things bad happen to you. You get stuck in traffic or someone says something rude to you. What will come splashing out on them? Love. Let your heart be full of unforgiveness, hate, resentment. What's going to come splashing out? If you let your heart be full of hate, resentment, and unforgiveness, then that is what will come splashing out. But if you're full of love for God, then that's what's going to come splashing out when life life bumps come along the way. So forgive somebody. Today is your chance to forgive somebody that needs forgiveness. And as soon as I said that, you know who that person in your life is, right? That you just can't forgive. You've been trying, but you can't. That person just needs to be let off the hook by you. You have to give up the right to punish them and just say, that's not my job. That's God's job. I I release that to you, Lord. And when you do that, it gets rid of that unforgiving spirit and something good comes out. Because love comes rushing in, and then you're going to be a little bit more full of love. Maybe it's not unforgiveness. Maybe it's something even more serious. Maybe it's hate. And yes, smiling Christians can have hate in their heart. There's plenty of that in the world. We don't need any more of that. And um, my boys, my two sons are... Uh, work for the 911 communication center in the St. Louis area. So every time Ferguson blows up, they have extra hours to work. But we've been very, very close to that whole situation, and we've seen how hate could just destroy not just a person, but all the people around them. It can ruin a whole community. Don't let hate take root in your heart. Let go of that hate, and it'll make room for love. It could be that your greed is what's full. It's filling your heart. God's word makes it very clear that we cannot love others when we're pursuing the world. 
So if you're after a position or if you're after prestige, if you're after power, if you're after money, if you're after more stuff, if you're after a nicer house, if that's the thing that's most important to you, if that's what you've allowed to fill your heart, then you don't have enough room for love in there, do you? But if you let go of that greed and say, I don't want those things, I want what you want from me, God, then there's more room in your heart for love in 2015. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to fill you all up with it. I, I want to encourage you to stop holding on to stuff and start holding on to people. And we get so, in our, especially in our community, we are stuff-focused and uh, I just got on one of these exchange sites. Katie was encouraging me to, well, she wasn't really even encouraging me. She was just telling me about all these exchange sites. And I can sit there for hours and just look at all the stuff I have to have. That just feeds that in my heart. And so I, I finally decided I, I really can't look so much. I have to really limit that because I want, I want too much stuff that's so in me. But I don't want that to take over with me. I want to, be, have, I want to have room for love. I want to be like Christ who humbled himself and sacrificed himself. And, and I want to be, have, let that love take hold of my heart so that I can give it to other people. So I want to ask you, what do you think could happen if love got a hold of this group of people right here today? We're not a massive group of people, but what if we, really learned, what if we could really love people? What if love really got a hold of us today, all of us? Let's say, imagine for a moment that we all left and we were all completely transformed by this idea. How do you, what kind of an impact do you think that would have in our families and in our community, in our neighborhood? What kind of an impact would it have in this valley? Just forget everybody else. Let's just say one person. Let's just say Frank. Frank learns how to love today. Frank gets excited about love. Could Frank make a difference even if nobody else in the congregation decided to get serious about love? If Frank got serious about love, what kind of difference could Frank make god wants to use you he wants to express his love that love of the cross he wants it to come flowing through you in your words in your actions in your reactions in the things that you do the things that you say god wants you to be loving and i'm convinced that this valley is full of people who are longing for an encounter with the living god and what we just learned is that God is love. So if we want more of God in this place, what do we have more of? What what do we need more of? We need more love, don't we? I want our church to be known as a loving place. And uh, I was thinking about what it would take to actually for that to take place. And I I made this slide and uh, I was thinking about the awakening church will be a more loving church and more individuals are loving. You like that statement? And then I made the slide and I said, I don't really like it. I think I'm going to change it to this way. The awakening church will be a more loving church when you are loving. And I thought, that's more specific. And then I realized that's still not right. And so I changed it one more time. The awakening church will be a loving church when I am more loving. I'm the one who has to be more loving, not you. You do whatever the Lord tells you to do. God pressed this message into my heart and he told me that he wanted me to be more loving. And if you feel that God is speaking to your heart today, I want to challenge you to, um, to think about this idea and really let it transform you. So I'm going to, you know, I'm always big on giving people stuff so they can uh, take something with them. 
And so, um, I, <laughs> so I, I'm good on spilling water on people and getting cards. So just reach into the, the, the seat bag pocket, as Jeremy calls it, right there in the front, and you'll find a little tiny card. You have to keep digging. Keep digging. Everyone needs one. And what does it say on it? It says love. And then it says on the back, 2015, a year for real love. Not pretend love, but real love. And so as the worship team comes, I want you to take this card out and I want you to look at it. And I want you to think about what action God wants you to take today. I think he's probably been speaking to your heart already about some action he wants you to take. It could be someone in your life that you need to love better. It could be letting go of one of those things to make more room for love. It could be to get a pattern in your life changed around. So I want to challenge you to take this little card and to put it someplace where it's going to help you. Now, one place where I have a hard time being loving is on the road. Anybody have a struggle with that? So, especially right around the mall this time of year. So, uh, it would be a great thing to put your card on your dashboard so you can remember you've got to be more loving. You've got to be a more loving driver. If you always fight with your teenager in the hallway, that would be a great place to put your love card. Right outside their bedroom, maybe. Or maybe you just need to put it on your mirror, bathroom mirror and every day say, Lord, I want 2015 to be a, a year for real love. And so I'm going to choose love today. I'm going to choose to be more loving. I'm going to let the love that you expressed when you sent your son to die for me to last and last and last and last all 365 days of 2015. Do you think God could do that? What if we really did it, guys? How would that impact our community? I don't even know. I can't even imagine all the different ways that it could go out and make a difference. So bow your head with me just a moment and hold that little love card in your hand and let's commit ourselves to this uh, together. Dear Father, we, we just admit to you how bad we are at this. We, we try to do good and we, we try to love others and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we fail miserably. And sometimes we fail miserably with the people that are most important to us and we're sorry for that. But Lord, we want to be more loving. We want to let love touch our hearts. We want to be appreciative of the cross and let your love flow in and through us. We want to be ready to let that love splash out onto the other people as we're completely full of all that you um, have done for us, all that you are for us, all that you are in us. We're really thankful for the love that you've offered to us, and we want to, to be better at loving in this coming year. So, so together and individually, I say to you, Lord, please make me more loving. I love you, and I want to learn to love your people and the world around me better. In Jesus' name I pray.